Welcome to Big Dave's Racing Podcast, sponsored by, well, we don't have a sponsor yet, but we'll have one soon. Till then, buckle up and get ready for the ride. All right, folks, welcome back to this week's uh, episode of the Big Dave's Racing Podcast show. Uh, I'm glad you all could join me today. Um, we do have some race results from last weekend. Uh, we had uh, some Dirt Lake Mall racing. We had some World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series racing at Knoxville. Uh, all kinds of different things. I uh, hope you all are going to enjoy the show. Uh, I got a lot to talk about with the NASCAR race coming up this Sunday at Darlington. NASCAR is going to get fired back up and stuff. So I uh, hope you all are ready and get ready and, you know, buckle up and get ready for the ride. Dirt Late Model News. All right, folks, let's start off with some uh, Dirt Late Model News from the past week. Uh, I'm going to pull this stuff up on my iPad, so y'all just going to have to be patient, and we'll get her done here. Uh, let's see here. All right, last Wednesday at Sonoya, Sonoya Raceway in Georgia, uh, they had a 5,000 to win DirtOnDirt.com shootout race. Um uh, there ended up being, let's see here, 43 cars. Uh, Shane Clanton was the fast qualifier with a 15.382 second lap. Uh, the pole center for the race uh, and dash winner was Michael Page. Uh, the heat race winners were Will Rowland, Riley Hickman, Clint Smith, and Dalton Cook. Provisional starters were Bur- was Burger Brooks and Austin Horton. Uh, yeah, so this race is pretty much a lockdown race. Uh, Page got the lead at the start, led every lap, and he picked up the win and the $5,000 check. And Page was followed across the line by Shane Clanton, Kyle Bronson, Brandon Overton, Dalton Cook, Ross Bales, Tyler Millwood, Riley Hickman, Austin Horton, and rounding out the top 10 was Peyton Freeman. It's a pretty good race. I watched this one um, on my iPad and stuff, and it, it was a pretty good one. Um track was okay it did kind of get one groove there towards the last half of the race and clanton just couldn't get around uh page so yeah um there's a little blood drawn uh in the dash uh page got around clanton with uh two to go um or clanton got around page um with two to go got up underneath him coming uh or actually taking a white flag, um, Clanton got underneath him in one and two, slid up in front of him with a slider. Page threw a slider back at him in turn three and four, and Page drifted up in front of him. Shane Clanton could have ran into the back of him and turned him into the wall or whatnot, but he didn't. He lifted. Page got the win. Clanton, they got the one and two. Clanton dumped him, uh, and then uh, Shane went into the uh, pits and got on the scales and a bunch of crew members ran over there uh obviously not social distancing um there was some pushing shoving maybe a fist could have been thrown or two uh but yeah page come into the pits and shane clanton and him they hit nose to nose in the pits uh so yeah it was interesting to say the least uh there's a little pent-up frustration and action these guys have been off for you know a couple months and stuff but uh it was good to see him race again at sonoya 
and I was glad to be able to watch that one. Um, so the other race that we had over the weekend was uh, a really big one. It was at I-55 Federated Raceway Park uh, in Peavely, Missouri. It was the Carl Chevrolet 50. It's a non-touring event, and it paid $7,000 to win. Um, there was a 60 cars there, which was an incredible car count. Uh, Tanner English was the fast qualifier with a time of 13.943. Uh, Jake Tim was the post-sitter. Heat race winners were Billy Moyer, Darren Klein, Jake Tim, Kyle Bronson, Deb Moran, and Tim Manville. Uh, Consolation race winners or B-main winners was Dennis Herb Jr., Mark Voigt, and Ryan Unziker. Uh, Yeah, so this race was the first. I have to say the first half of this race is really good compared to a lot of passing and stuff. Uh, Although nobody was passing Billy Moyer tonight. Uh, he led flag to flag. Uh, Billy Moyer, at 65 years old, picked up his career win number 841 Saturday night at Peavely, Missouri, and he pocketed a $7,000 payday for that that victory, which is crazy because Billy Moyer, I couldn't believe when I found out he was 65. I didn't know he was that old, but man, he uh, outrun. Uh, the likes of Shefford and Moran and English and all these young guys, uh, which is pretty cool. He can still get it done if he's got the right track and the right car. Uh, so following uh, Billy Moyer across the line Saturday night was Brandon Shepard, Deb Moran, Tanner English, Kyle Bronson, Frank Heckenis Jr., which started like 23rd or something. He had a terrible night, come from 12th to 2nd in the B main, made the feature, and then come from like 23rd to 6th. So he had a hell of a good run that night. Uh, Tyler Herb was 7th. Brian Shirley was 8th. Bobby Pierce was ninth, And Shannon Babb was in 10th. Uh, of note, Tim Manville, this was a uh, race to where you could go back and uh, take a front, uh, top four starters. Had a challenge to where carl chevrolet would give him ten thousand dollars if they started in the back and was to go back and win and win the race uh tim manville was the only one that had the balls enough to do it he started on the tail and he come back up to a respectable 11 place finish so kudos to him i think he still got an extra two grand for just trying it uh on top of his regular purse money so but yeah he come up through there the first half of the race but once it locked down he's pretty much stuck where he's at but uh, props to him for even trying. Uh, let's see here. And that kind of wraps up the Dirt Late Model news for the week. Uh, only I uh, do have a note here that May 12th and 13th, Lucas Oil Raceway was supposed to run uh, out in Wheatland, Missouri. The Lucas Oil drivers are going to run, uh, continue their series. But that did get postponed because or canceled because of uh, the forecast was poor and there's supposed to be rain and stuff so that event got put off i'm kind of bummed about that one because i was looking forward to watching those races on lor tv but it is what it is and uh, there's some sporadic races uh hitting then and there uh down south and stuff with uh, some of these state laws and and requirements and stuff like that for uh this covid19 stuff so 
I don't know exactly who's going to run this weekend or out throughout the week, but if there's anything out there worth noting, uh, I'll definitely have those results on uh, next week's show. So that wraps up the Dirt Lake Model News. Sprint car news. All right, folks, on to some sprint car news from this past week. Uh, I think it was uh, Friday night, um, the World of Outlaws uh, Sprint Car Series got their season going again with a race out at Knoxville, Iowa. Um, It was a 30-lap feature, and let's see here. Yeah, so uh, they had, I think, 43 cars show up. Um, your quickest qualifier of the night was, uh, my buddy Chad's, uh, pal, um, Aaron Reitzel with a 15.162 second lap. Um, there ended up being, uh, the first heat race was won by Ian Madsen. The second heat race is won by Logan Schuchart. Uh, the third heat was won by David Gravel. The fourth heat was run won by uh, Corey Eliason. Uh, the fast pass dash was won by Ian Madsen, followed by Darren Pittman, Shane Golubic, uh, David Gravel, Linton Jeffrey, Logan Shukart, Brian Brown, and Corey Eliason. So then they had a C main, and the two that transferred from that was Trey Starks and Wayne Johnson. And then the last chance showdown, the top four transferred from that. Sheldon Hoddenshield won that, followed by Shane Stewart, Rico Abreu, and Davey Heskin. And then the 30-lap main event was quite a race, uh, in my opinion. I watched this race. I paid $25 on Dirt Vision just to try to, you know, watch it, which I don't regret doing because I tell you what, the feature was a barn burner. Uh, especially between Ian Madsen and David Gravel. Uh, Gravel started fourth and got up there. Madsen led the whole way at the beginning of the race. Uh, and then I'd say the last five laps of this race, David Gravel and Ian Madsen were just throwing sliders at each other. Uh, there was a rough cushion up top and, you know, the berm down on the bottom. David was hooking that berm at the bottom, getting a launch off the corners. Madsen was running up top. Uh, it was an incredible finish to a race. Uh, David Gravel uh, unofficially didn't lead any laps until the last lap. Uh, he had gotten around Ian Matson a couple times on the backstretch with some incredible passes on the bottom. Uh, but Madsen was slidering back into turn three and four and get the lead back. It was just incredible. It was just who made the less, least amount of mistakes. Uh, which that ended up being David Gravel. He, coming to the white flag, was able to get around Madsen on the bottom when Madsen got up in the potato patch, uh, kind of got knocked out. Uh, Gravel got the lead and went on to lead the final lap and pick up the uh, $10,000 victory. And it ended up being a $15,000 win. There's a $5,000 anonymous donation by a World of Outlaw Series uh, follower. So, yeah, he ended up pocketing $15,000 for that win. Uh, it was good to see the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series back on the track. And you'll see them next. Apparently, the next World of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series 
race will be on Friday, May 22nd, and Saturday, May 23rd, and it'll be at the Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55 for a doubleheader event with limited fans at both events. Uh, tickets for the Saturday race is already sold out, but you can still get tickets for Friday night's race. So, yes, it's awesome. Glad to see that the uh, um, sprint cars are back in action. It was a very good race at Knoxville, and hopefully their season continues on. That wraps up this week's Sprint Car News. All right, folks, so this is going to be a little Big Dave talk, NASCAR talk here. Um, so, yeah. Um, NASCAR gets started back up this weekend on Sunday, May the 17th at Darlington Raceway. Uh, there's a lot of going to be tight restrictions and stuff like that. And one of my favorite people to follow on uh, Twitter and, and everywhere uh, is Bob Pockrass. Uh, uh, he is a reporter for Fox Sports. And he's incredible. He's like one of the guys that knows about everything going on in the garage and stuff. Um, so I'm just going to read some stuff off of his timeline. Uh, excuse me for the yawn. Um, I'm going to read some stuff off his timeline, which I thought, thought was interesting and stuff, and I can't put it in any better words than what he is. But, uh, yeah, so this is all from Bob Pockrass. Uh But a few things. Uh, first, uh, Gaunt Brothers Racing has hired Nick Olila as its technical director overseeing the team's engineering department. He's worked in motorsports, NASCAR, IndyCar, V8, Supercars since 1972. So this guy must be pretty old. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, let's see here. So that's one little tidbit of news. I do also know that Brett Moffitt, who broke both his legs right before the, uh, in a motocross incident, right before the show shut down, uh, he has been medically cleared to race, so he'll be ready to get going whenever the truck series takes the track. Uh, sorry, I'm yawning. It's, it's Tuesday morning. I'm recording this deal, so it'll be out here in a little bit, guys. Uh, let's see here. Um, so the track drying equipment will be at the racetracks. Uh, NASCAR, they're doing these one-day shows. Um... Let's see here. There's some zoning petitions submitted by Joliet City Plan Commission indicate development plans for acres now being used for Chicagoland track. Um, so, yeah, th this kind of brings up a little bit of stuff about the Chicagoland track. And after reading up on it, it looks like there might this track might be a little bit in jeopardy. Um, honestly, um, I've never been a huge fan of Chicagoland Speedway. Uh, I think trying to get a track up there, um, it was okay. It's kind of like California Speedway, you know, it was a big hoopla and stuff, but then, you know, it kind of lost interest out there, out west and stuff like that. So, I'm not 100% sure that these, uh, uh, these tracks, these big heavy markets, like they're trying to get them, is actually the best thing for the sport. Uh, I think running a lot of the traditional tracks and stuff like that, Rockingham, Nashville, some of those tracks, I think they should get back going again. And let's, let's ditch some of these cookie cutters, especially like Chicagoland. I've just never been a huge fan of that racetrack. Uh, and apparently it's uh, lost a lot of its luster the last several years. And, and it could eventually be dropped from the uh, schedule. Um, 
So one thing about this rescheduling and stuff that uh, I know these races. So Richmond loses a race date. Sonoma loses its only date this year. And I'm trying to think who else lost the race. Um, Dagnabbit. Um, Richmond. Hang on just a second here and I'll find out. Let me go to OJ Ski. Oh, another yawn, folks. I am so sorry. Not. Um, let's see here. I just forget what the heck it was. Um, man, um, I thought it'd be simpler to find than that. Uh, who lost the races? <laughs> Hang on, I know dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. Don't do dead air, don't do dead air, don't do dead air, don't do dead air. That's the kind of thing I need to start doing. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. Um, hang on a second. Okay, so uh, so it was uh, Richmond, Chicagoland, and Sonoma. So Chicagoland, I'm not heard about. Uh, Sonoma, Richmond, I, I, I don't know. I kind of like Sonoma out there in wine country. Oh, man, I apologize. And in Richmond Raceway, you know, that sucks that they lost a race, but oh well. Uh, I actually prefer Darlington over Richmond. That's just me. But anyway, so yeah, that's the three tracks that lost race dates. And as of now, once they get through this little intermittent schedule that they've got set up, uh, they they'll going to going to try to go back to the regular schedule now whether there's going to be fans allowed or not i'm not 100 percent sure okay so let me get a drink here real quick get some coffee mm. good coffee all right so the all-star race has been postponed uh there's no rescheduled date at the moment which they assume it will be before the playoffs man i am sorry okay so nascar now says no post entries entries after the entry deadline allowed for any xfinity truck races that have no qualifying as those races will expand their fields to 40 so they're going to go to from uh 36 to 40 40 vehicles for those uh uh races um let's see here so for darlington this weekend non-broadcast media nascar is going to allow four reporters at darlington all required to remain in the press box throughout ap will have two selected by national uh motorsports press association and one chosen by nascar possibly a local writer local writer only two Getty photogs and TV announced uh, news photog allowed inside. 
so, I mean, I was reading this stuff last night, and they're going to lock this thing down hard. Anyway, um, the Xfinity Gander Truck Series rosters uh, are limited to 14 people. Uh, when they get going again, driver, crew, uh, chief, spotter, three other road crew, car chief, mechanic, engine tuner, etc., five pit crew, uh, two hauler drivers, one organizational, either like a tech, uh, comp director, IT, etc., uh, on the cup roster, it's going to be 16 people, driver, crew chief, spotter, four other road crew, uh, car chief, mechanic, engine tutor, etc. Five pit crew uh, members, which is your tire changer, carrier, jackman, fueler. Two hauler drivers, two organizational tech uh, comp director, IT. There will be no business executives, social PR, marketing sponsors. Which is kind of odd. I mean, they're not even letting, like, Hendrick Motorsports PR people be there at the track. Um, let's see here. There's been no decision on how to line this field up on Sunday. Uh, Rulebook says you can go by, like, owner points, um, which I, I'm not 100% sure. But they uh, could do owner points, or they could have a draw. Uh, like they did for qualifying order, where NASCAR splits the field in two or more groups by points, or a previous race finish, and then draws for order uh, for all races that don't have qualifying, which none of the races are going to have qualifying except for the Coke 600. Um, there's not been any sponsorship for the Darlington races announced yet, nor at Charlotte. Um, let's see here. There's some so um, victory lane this weekend. Um, the winning driver will do live TV and radio interviews near the start finish line with the use of a boom mic. The driver will go to victory lane for photos with trophy and a winner sticker, but no other team members will be allowed in victory lane, which I think kind of sucks. You know what? They got mask on, let them hoopla and have a hell of a good time since they want to race. Um, teams have been told no celebratory behavior involving direct contact with another uh, person. No handshakes, fist bumps, high fives, hugs, etc. Um, let's see here. So the motorhome uh, lot will still be used. There will still be driver motorhomes there. Uh, they'll be there for, so the driver can get changed into his uniform and remain away from everyone else. The motorhome driver parks the motorhome the day before and then must leave. This this way, the driver is totally isolated and will go to the car 10 minutes before the race. Um, and they're saying that crew members must wait outside Victory Lane so when the photographs are done and the driver is left, the crew can uh, be let in to push the car to post-race tech. Um, let's see here. All the races are at night except for the Darlington race this Sunday. Stages, times, and networks are uh, are posted, so you can look those up. Uh, man, I apologize. I've been yelling like crazy. Anyway, um, also, no family members are allowed at the race. No VIP guests, no sponsors, no marketing people, no social media people, no PR people, no business executives are allowed for Darlington. Uh, 
And then saying uh, something happens to a driver in a wreck or something, the driver must keep the helmet on and then put a mask given to uh, the driver from a medical worker uh, on after the helmet is taken off. Um, let's see here. So they're saying if uh, NASCAR says if someone tests positive, they and anyone they had contact with at the track would likely have to self-isolate for at least 14 days. Um, this is why they will keep all crews separate and drivers away from crews. Um, the spotters won't be in the spotter stand, which I thought was odd. Um, they will be spread out along the top rows of the grandstands. Um, let's see. There is officially 40 cars on the entry list for this weekend's race. Um, yeah. So let me get a drink here. Another yawn. I'll kind of give you kind of what I think about the whole deal. Hang on. Some thirst-quenching Ice Mountain water. No, I'm not sponsored by Ice Mountain, but I do love their water. All right, so, I mean, pretty much um, talking about this whole deal, um, man, it just, I mean, I understand they're going to be precautious and everything, but they're going to be really, really, really precautious uh, about this whole deal uh, this weekend, which I, I, you know, I understand. I guess you need to be, but... Man, I, I think it's odd that they're, I mean, pretty much the driver's going to fly into the track or come into, drive into the track on Sunday morning or something. He'll be bound to his motorhome, I'm sure, after he signs in or whatnot. And, you know, the crews will take the cars through pre-race tech and do all that stuff. You know, the very limited few crew guys that's going to be there. Pit crew guys will get their uh, pit uh, their pits uh, set up and stuff like that. Pit boxes set up, and to go from there to uh, I just you know it's like the crew members go out and put the car on the grid, and then the drivers get called to go to their cars. I would certainly hope that they'd let one of the, you know, usually the interior guys help the car, the the drivers get strapped in and stuff, but that'd probably be the only person allowed at the car. And then, you know, but having no direct contact with your crew members uh, throughout the weekend or throughout the day for the driver, you know, it's just kind of like you just go show up, change, walk out to the car, drive, uh, if you go to Victory Lane, do your pictures and 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 whatnot, and then you leave and and go home, and then the crew just kind of does their own thing. I just, I don't know. I think I I just still don't see if you if if all the crew members have masks on in Victory Lane. I mean, why not let those guys celebrate? Um, and why not if everybody's mandatory to wear masks? Why not allow the drivers and the crew chiefs to communicate directly face to face uh if they've got mask um i don't know or let them stay six feet apart you know uh yeah it's just kind of weird it is 
I'm very excited to see NASCAR racing come back this weekend, but I'm very interested to see how TV portrays it, especially with all the strict, uh, very strict uh, restrictions and stuff they got going on with uh and rules and regulations they got in for this weekend uh, and yeah I, I the the one thing I, i'm interested to see is is i mean you got 40 guys that's going to take the green flag of this race 40 guys that's not had any practice at all uh 40 guys that's probably not well it hasn't been in a race car in two months uh darlington of all the places um yeah, 40 guys burrow off into turn one uh, at 100 and something miles an hour. Uh, not having drove a race for two for two months and not having drove the car for the weekend. <laughs> that's just crazy. I think it'll be very interesting. I think one person that's going to have a hard time. Uh, you know, hell, he'll probably be fine. Uh, but I would say it's ultra. It's gonna be ultra odd for Matt Kenseth, uh, being that he'll be in the 42 car for the rest of the year, and he hasn't drove for a year and a half. But he'll take it like a duck to water. I mean, I'm sure it's nothing new, but uh, but yeah, those guys will just barrel off into turn one and hope she sticks and don't spin out and and all that. So. I'm excited again for the race, for sure. Uh, ready to get going again. Um, going to like these midweek races at night. Uh, make for some fun uh, evenings when they get home from work. Uh, which, yeah, I'm supposed to go back to work on Monday, the 18th. Uh, which is really cool. Uh, but, yeah, that's a... I mean, I don't know what else to really say. It, it, I'll have all the results and stuff from Monday's race on Tuesday of next week, or Sunday's race on Tuesday of next week, and then boom, I'll have another race on Wednesday. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Gonna be an interesting uh, ten days as they're gonna run like eight races in ten days between the Xfinity Truck and NASCAR Cup. So. Ooh, I apologize. This has been the yawning episode by Big Dave. Um, so yeah, be interesting to see what happens. Um, I hope you all are doing well. I uh, hope everybody is uh, staying safe and healthy. I certainly appreciate you all listening to my podcast. And hopefully as racing gets fired back up, I'll throw out some better content and stuff and we'll go from there. Uh, until then, y'all stay safe, and I'll talk at you next week. Thanks.